Side Hustle Show 121, an engineer's approach to building a $1,500 per month side hustle. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to another edition of the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. This is episode 121, an engineer's approach to building a $1,500 per month side hustle. Now, my guest is actually a man of a million side hustles. In fact, when he applied for my Inner Circle Mastermind last year, I secretly felt a little inadequate with all that he had going on, but a very impressive resume nonetheless. He's the father of twin two-year-old boys and has turned one of his many, many projects into a four-figure a month uh, business in the children's publishing space on Amazon. Actually, a really unique entry in the market. It's a a dual language series of kids books that focus on the adventures of Bosley the Bear, and uh, it's told in English and uh, in a second language, perfect for language learning and dual language homes, and it's done really well. So that's going to be the focus of uh, the call today with my guest, Tim Johnson. So you're going to want to stay tuned for Tim's five-step system for launching any new product, whether it's a book, a physical product, or even some type of, uh, of service offering, some freelancing service. You can learn more about his book series at thelanguagebear.com. You can learn more about him as an author at authortim.com. And as is per the usual, you can grab a free downloadable PDF with all the notes and highlights from this week's episode at sidehustlenation.com slash 121 uh, or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Ready? Let's do this. business for a few years now, put out my first children's book in 2011. The reason I got into it is because I always liked children. I kind of naturally like to teach. I've taught uh, a variety of different things, just just appreciate how, how children learn. And I also like foreign language. So foreign language was kind of the impetus for, for putting out some of these books. And we'll get into how those work together uh, in a few minutes. But the first book I put out uh, was based on a character that I had um, designed a logo around just uh, had a little graphic of this this little bear character for some reasons one day came up with the name bosley bear and thought that that was a pretty good name for this character pretty cute little little name and decided that he needed uh, he needed a book uh, he needed a story he needed more of a more of a life what did you what did you what did you create the logo character for the logo was created initially for a site that i called the language bear and it's still still called that now. And that site was originally just an affiliate site for uh, selling dual language books on Amazon. Oh, okay. It was uh, an Amazon affiliate site, and it just you know resold books that were targeted to teaching children foreign language. Because when I searched for those books on Amazon, I didn't find much, or it was hard to locate the the good ones. So I compiled uh, collections of. I think it was eight or 10 different languages on that site and, you know, a few hundred books in each category that were, you know, that I had pawed through and, and decided they were uh, reasonably good books to, to have on a site and um, to make it easy to easy for people to find. So developed a little logo called it the language bear and um, way to introduce kids to foreign language. That site never really did anything. So <laughs> I, 
never I never just, did much as an affiliate, but then it never did much. I mean, you know, just change here and there. Um, so, I, but I took that little bear and I I liked him and I made some improvements over the course of a year, maybe, on this little bear and decided. There, there's there's some books out there, but none of them are, are really great. So why don't I just write my own book? Yeah, that first book was uh, Bosley Sees the World. The um yeah, the first book was was a challenge that uh, I just waded through all the details of how the heck you make a a children's book. I had determined that that children's books, and this was largely my opinion at the time, but it's proven true uh, to this day, is that children's books are much more predominantly in print than a lot of other books and will stay that way for quite a while uh, because children like holding on to books and they like flipping pages. So I decided, you know, this is a book that, that I really want to see in print. I wasn't at the, at the time, I wasn't a big fan of eBooks anyway. Can't read a book on a screen. It's just not the same experience. <laughs> and uh, so you're looking, you're looking at the self publishing revolution, but from a, a little bit of a different perspective. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Bosley sees the world, enters Amazon. So you you come up with a story. Came up with a story, figured out how to get it in print, found a few self-publishing agencies, eventually ended up going with CreateSpace, which is the print-on-demand that a lot of people use these days. They they print one book at a time as it sells on Amazon, and that is uh, still what I use to this day. Okay. But uh, that's what I had started with. I actually ran a little Kickstarter campaign when I got started with that first book, um, got a few illustrations done uh, for inexpensive, put together a video for Kickstarter uh, so that I could finish up the the illustrations, put the book together, uh, get an initial run of the books made uh, in a, uh, you know, a, a small quantity from CreateSpace, at least to give out to my, my uh, backers on, uh-huh. fi- on uh, mm-hmm. Kickstarter. And that went really well. Got a lot of support from friends and family. Is that primarily who was donating at that point? Primarily, yes. It wasn't like yes, one of those crazy I, I, campaigns that like went viral and was like, I must see <laughs> Bosley Bear in print. And I'm certainly terrified. not. Okay, okay. I did not. I did not make uh, exorbitant amounts <laughs> over my goal. No, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, I scraped by and, and got enough money to, to get the book together. Okay, uh, cool. And it was definitely, definitely worth the time. And it was a fun experience on Kickstarter. Gives you a little bit of marketing leverage, you know, a little bit of clout in the industry, but not a huge amount. So it was a, a good tool for what I used it for. I had the languagebear.com already. So I had a small platform. I had a small mailing list of people to, to pull from at that time. And, you know, that helped maybe a little bit, but, um, it was, yeah, it was primarily friends and family and, and, uh, other local supporters. The, the book is written in two languages, English and a second language. And I actually had it translated into that first one was eight different foreign languages. So each, essentially, my first book was my first eight books. Okay. Which wow. has some interesting implications when you put eight new listings on Amazon uh, instead of just the one. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, each of these books have English and then the second language, like I said, and they're written side by side. So English on one side of the page, foreign language on the other side of the page, and. I had them all professionally translated. It's part of the cost of that, that the Kickstarter helped me with, uh, as well as the illustrations. I found a, a great illustrator. Uh, initially, initially, I found him uh, through Fiverr, actually, um, which is just a ended up being a pretty cool tool for finding uh, good illustrators. And I've used it again for similar purposes. 
Nice. So, do you, so you had the character, you had the logo. Like, hey, here's what the bear looks like. Now, can mm-hmm. you imagine him in this scene or to follow along with the story? Did you have to, like, provide sketches of what you wanted it to look like or just gave him the story and say, hey, run with this? Uh, that first book, I gave him uh, the story. I provided some supplemental photos of some of the items in the book and descriptions of the idea of what I kind of wanted and let him run with it. Okay. For an illustrator to be most effective, I think it's important for them to do what's comfortable for them instead of trying to conform to your vision necessarily. Yeah. I'm, I, I was ready to adapt to an illustrator's vision and, you know, let, let them take some, take on some of the creative elements of it. Okay. And that worked out really well. Oh, that's great. Um, that's great. What was the, do you remember what the initial cost was for the first batch for the first book? The initial cost for the first book I paid, um, well, the first one I got for five dollars, first uh, yeah. first page I think, and then I think I used that page, and maybe I I, I had him do another couple pages for the Kickstarter video, and then uh, the rest of the illustrations I think I paid three hundred dollars for for everything. Wow. So, yeah, you you can pay you can pay close to that per page for with, uh, some illustrators. Yeah, but um, but still a little bit of an investment going going forward. So I see why yeah. Kickstarter was important. What was the, you know, create space has a minimum, like a minimum, like a page thickness or like a minimum number of pages that they'll even print, right? Right. Yeah. You got to have a 24 page book. Okay. For create space. Uh, that includes the title page and any blank pages in between, which you got to include in your, your uh, PDF file or whatever you upload to them. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, 24 pages, you know, 24 to 32 is kind of the sweet spot for children's books. So what's your what's your cost per unit on a on a twenty four page book? Twenty four page book from let's see shipped from 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 Create Space through Amazon. I sell them for ten dollars and I take home about two fifty of that. So it's not huge, not a huge amount of um, royalty, but it's bigger. Uh, it's larger than a a big a big publisher. Okay, larger than the royalty you get from a big publisher. So. Uh, I could print them on my own at this point, and I've considered that, and I may very well do that. Yeah, yeah, we can <laughs> we can get into this in a minute. But uh, I was just chatting with uh, Lise Cartwright from, uh, you know, she's done really well on Kindle. She's been on the podcast, and she says, "So if you can drive people directly to the Create Create Space store, you don't have to pay necessarily the Amazon fees. You can make a higher percentage if you somehow have that." audience and you know they want the paperback version and not the Kindle version, then oh, I can send people directly here if I have any marketing material and marketing, you know, email messaging or whatever to potentially make a greater percentage there. I don't know if that ties in with Amazon review platform or anything like that or any, you know, their bestseller rankings because it's not going to necessarily trigger as a sale on their platform, but might earn uh, a higher percentage. Yep. Um, for exactly that reason, I don't even entertain that option. <laughs> I, I don't even check that box. I, I, you know, I have a small platform and I have some people that I could sell the books to, but that's a finite resource. And the Amazon customer base is, for all intents and purposes, not a finite resource. Right. So I completely leverage the Amazon algorithm and I don't sell books unless it's through Amazon, unless it's counting towards that sales rank, unless, uh, you know, they're going to get a, a reminder to write a review on the book on Amazon. All of that stuff is, is infinitely valuable. Not even worth it. I love it. <laughs> no. So you put the first book out there. Bosley sees the world in eight different languages, all 
all released at once or kind of iterated over over time and what's the what's the response uh, like in terms of in terms of sales and revenue the initial response uh it was it was a good it was a good response and and when i had first uh started publishing i did a, a pretty good launch sequence with that first book you know i had my initial platform i did a bunch of uh, social media a bunch of marketing uh, campaigns beyond kickstarter through facebook through through Twitter and Google, maybe a little bit at the time, but I got a pretty good response. I had the blog going at thelanguagebear.com. I kind of converted that site over from an affiliate site to a, a blog where I could talk about the books, talk about um, language learning with children, okay. and so kind of converted all that that audience over to uh, what I wanted them to be. <laughs> that went well, and the books the books uh, started selling. I don't I don't recall exactly what the what the ramp up was like. I was at least selling several dozen books in the first few weeks and then closer to closer to a hundred books per month within the first uh, few months. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it was a pretty, it was pretty good. And like I said, I spent, I spent a good deal of time on that. I didn't have kids at the, at the time. <laughs> so, um, which was another uh, kind of strategic move, I guess, you know, I wanted to get these out and uh, all, a lot of the heavy lifting out of the way um, while I had some time on my hands. So I sent out a lot of copies of this book, for review from bloggers, did some did some searching around for relevant bloggers who were who were writing articles to my target audience and had them post reviews on it. Okay. That was uh, a great a great way to get the word out. Were you specifically looking for you know bloggers that talked about children's books, or were you specifically talking about like language learning and and children sites? Language learning, because that's where I think uh, most of the value of these books lies. People looking for children's books aren't necessarily going to be interested in in this, but people with children learning language would definitely u- utilize a book to help them teach their child the language. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to get in front of your your target readers and it doesn't cost you it costs 5 bucks or something to send it out, so very cheap yeah, marketing. Exactly. Well, since then, the uh the language bear has expanded to a really big portfolio of different uh, of different titles and this has turned into a pretty serious uh, four figure a month side hustle for you but I want to break down kind of your your the, the five step system that you shared on creating a uh, creating and launching a new product for somebody just starting out and that starts with number 1 which I think a lot of people will skip is the value definition. And what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, you can't skip that. I think if if there's one thing that I would words to uh, instill here, it's the value definition of this product. And I call books products because uh, I come from a product development background too. I'm an engineer by day, so I understand and appreciate the value of a product and how it's used. The book here, like I said, different than a novel. It's a different type of product. It's a illustrated book and it has certain elements of it or it must have a certain element of value. You know, you can look at value in a couple different ways. There's energy in and energy out. So when you're working a day job, you put an hour of work in and you get an hour's worth of payout. So that's kind of a one to one thing. Okay. Um, with the books, the energy I put in to the book uh, has to be, you know, significant enough that it creates a, a good product, but the end value on the other side of the equation is what the parents take home to their kids or the teachers take home to their kids, uh, and that's the, the energy out, and that's the value that they get out of the book, and that's what I really wanted to focus on, you know, more so than you know how hard I work to, to put it together 
is um, how much people will appreciate what it actually is. So I wanted to make sure that it covers two bases because it's a children's book. Uh, it's kind of kind of weird dynamic where children aren't purchasing the book, but children have to appreciate and enjoy the book uh, as well as the parents. So you have to market a, a children's book to two separate individuals, two separate age groups. When I market to or when I consider marketing to adults, parents and teachers, that's where I consider the element of value. So it has to have something that delivers some sort of concrete, yeah, not necessarily tangible, but but definite value, whether it uh, provides some sort of usefulness. You know, it's a, it's a nice bedtime story. It, it helps with potty training or something uh, or, you know, it, it provides a, a definite immediate use or whether it's helpful uh, for the parent. It provides the the uh, child with, uh, you know, maybe maybe learning something that they'll use in the future or maybe it's just unique in a certain way. But but whatever it is, it has to it has to provide something of value that is definite and obvious to the consumer, the parent or teacher. Right. Everybody, you know, children's books are big on, you know, teaching moral lessons and keeping people entertained, which these stories will do, but also have the added benefit of like, oh, you can you know, work on another language at the same time. Right, right. And that's a that's a really obvious thing that a lot of people like. And, you know, I'd, I'd done the market research, having done the affiliate site beforehand, I knew that there were a lot of people out there that were interested in teaching their child language. I knew that there was a market gap that, uh, you know, wasn't being fulfilled. So I knew that I had an element of value here. I knew that my method of teaching language in this book was completely unique and completely valuable uh, it's something that no one else was doing and that people would really appreciate. Um, and that's point number two, the market gap. Yes. Yeah, we need to to fill in, you know, some sort of, of gap. And it goes hand in hand with, with providing that value. But it is, yeah, it is a parallel path in that if there's already something there, then uh, you're going to be competing or you're... And this is a little, this is a little bit different from a lot of theories on this, right? The other people will say, Hey, I, I want to see some competition because that proves there's a demand versus just striking out into your own, into the, into the white space, into the great frontier. It can be a little bit scary. So how do you balance that? Well, this is art. This is, these are, are books. And if you pick up two children's books off the shelf at any bookstore, they're not going to be necessarily competing with each other in any, real way. I mean, you can find benefits to either book depending on what you're looking for and depending on what resonates with you, the, the illustrations or the message or the characters. I mean, it's a it's a work of art, so you can really create your own market gap in a in a sense. Okay. I'm going to you know, that's pretty deep. I'm I'm going to percolate on that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You create your own empty space by putting something in it. <laughs> and we have we have a uh, step number three is, you know, determining the features, the benefits, and then the benefits of those benefits, which I think touches on the value proposition that you, that you mentioned before. But even, even beyond that, like what can the parents, you know, really expect to get in exchange for their $10 book purchase? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. Before I talk about that, I want to mention one thing that's really important that I want to make sure we don't, we don't skip here. Okay. Um, that I don't forget about is the, the other side of the coin, the other side of the value coin, you need to have the parents take out their pocketbooks and, and purchase the book, but you also have to have them take it home to their kids and have them uh, enjoy it with their kids. So you have to have an element of value 
for the parent, but you have to have an element of enjoyment to the child, right? And a lot of times you'll see, I see children's book authors uh, really focus on one side or the other. You know, they'll, they'll write a book that's really fun and really creative and, and resonates with kids, but it doesn't mean anything to the parents and they, there's no reason for them to purchase it. Or they'll write something that has this, you know, glowing message and resounding message and really resonates with the parents, but the kids don't care about it at all. And they, so when you talk about an element of enjoyment for kids, I like to think about the, the sensory, you know, sensory perception, the visual and, and auditory and you know, the ways that children are mentally stimulated and make it something that, that resonates with a kid as well. Gotcha. Anything else on the benefits of benefits? Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, because that's a really interesting thing. And um, I have uh, I have a graphic here that, that kind of explains it a little bit more, and maybe you can include it in your show notes okay. uh, for the listeners. But um, the book is going to have some basic features, right? So I have a, a plot here that shows the features of the book, the benefits of those features, and then the benefits of the benefits of the features of the book. The main features of the book would be, you know, I want to write a book that's 500 to a thousand words, you know, a kid's book. It has some illustrations that are maybe, maybe dreamlike. Maybe the book has some elements of daily life and it's, you know, somewhat realistic and maybe has some themes of inspiration. Well, each of those features of the book, the basic fundamental features of the book that comprise what the book is, they each have certain benefits. The fact 500 to 1,000 words means that it's an easy reader. It's a kid's book. I mean, that's obvious. So that's the benefit of the feature. When you break down that a little bit more, the fact that it's an easy reader uh, has additional benefits to that benefit, meaning that it's approachable for young readers, uh, and it could potentially be used as a English as a second learning tool or a language learning tool for, you know, for, for young kids. So those benefits of the benefits, uh, those are the items that really speak to the end buyer, uh, from what I found. Okay. These are the things that I put in my book description, uh, to, uh, resonate with the, with the buyer and connect kind of on an emotional level with that, with that person. Yeah. I think that's smart. I think that's, that goes well beyond just children's books. That's a, that's good practice for just about any product or service. Yeah. Uh, point number four we have is the pre-launch marketing. Now let's talk. So you had, you had, I don't know, like the language bear.com sounded like you had a little bit of traffic, but wasn't anything crazy, but it was still kind of a little bit of a, a I don't know, built in audience or built in, you know, a launching pad for this stuff. What if, what if, what if we don't have any of that? I've got a few different things that have, have really worked well for me and um, you can do it without any sort of audience to speak of. What I have done is that has worked, worked the best. And I mentioned this earlier is find bloggers who are in the same niche as, as the product I'm, I'm uh, releasing the book I'm releasing. And like I said, that's not necessarily the children's book industry or the, or the mom industry. Because that's too broad. Because that's a little broad and, um, it's sometimes hard to hard to get into and hard to connect with the right the right type of people okay. through that channel. So yeah, I went with the the language learning crowd, the sub and, the sub niche sub niche, right? W- right, which isn't necessarily all people looking for children's books, but it's generally all adults who could potentially be looking for children's books or recommending to them to their friends. You know, for better or worse, that's that's what I went with, and it, se- and it seems to work. I have. Uh, I've tried, I dabbled in a couple different things, different review sites. Um, Thomason is one and a couple other you know, promotional giveaway sites that, that, uh, claim to 
pair your product with bloggers looking to do reviews, and uh, those have not worked whatsoever. I cannot stand uh, those sites. So what I've done, <laughs> okay, <laughs> what good I've done to know. Is, good to know. Yeah, don't even bother. Don't waste your time with those. I have taken matters into my own hands and contacted bloggers directly. You know, find a find a good high ranking blog that really resonates with your audience and contact the writer directly. Uh, actually, I've I've hired people to do that for me. Since then, I've hired some VAs to to do some research into good blogs and reach out to them on my behalf. You know, create lists of people, and and that has worked really well uh, for for reaching a lot of people and getting books into their hands. Because you can you can really leverage you know someone with a with a, a high ranking blog that has you know tens of thousands of readers or more. So that's that's one of the big things I always do for a release. Are you doing okay? So I was going to ask, are you doing that for each new title, like trying to find? new and different people or the same people that you've gone to again and again? A lot of the same people uh, like to review the books, uh, which is very nice of them. And uh, But I always reach out to some new people when I do that as well. To what extent do you have the ability to communicate with your readers? Because if this is a series and you know their kids really love Bosley Bear and his crazy adventures like they they probably want to know about the next release and amazon is smart about this too like hey this is part of a series you know you bought x y and z you might like this but like do you have any proactive reach to to get in touch with those people i don't have any direct contact with the audience you know amazon amazon pretty much filters that out but i do uh, have calls to action within my books and on the rear back cover of the books that drives traffic to the language bear the the website and I have yeah, a lead generator on that site that uh, offers one of the free one of the books uh, in ebook format for free. So I try to you know build an audience that way. But um, generally, I am relying on, uh, like you mentioned, people who are finding the book through the Amazon algorithm based on the fact that it's a series and that maybe they're being recommended. Hey, you read this book. You probably want another book that just came out. Um, that that algorithm has been the most powerful tool uh, for communicating new titles to to customers. Okay, how many how many are you up to now? Because point number five on your five step system is the launch, growth, and scale stage. How many how many Bosley Bear titles are there in English? Sure. Uh, right now, there's right now there's six titles. Okay. Um, and all of those titles are now in ten languages. Oh. Some of them may still be in in only eight. But uh, most of them are, are in 10 languages, which means I have 60 listings out there on Amazon working on number seven now. Okay. Wow. That's a, pre- that's a pretty serious portfolio. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. Um, it, could be, it could be bigger. You know, I could, be, I could be cranking a book out every three months for the past four years uh, because it takes about three months when I'm really pushing uh, to get a book out the door. But I really wanted to make sure that they're valuable products. Uh, which is an important distinction because aside from this whole launch sequence and, and launch push, the fact that it's a valuable product means that people will eventually buy it. But I've seen, you know, steady growth and steady sales. I'm selling generally close to sometimes over 500 books a month on Amazon with basically zero, zero effort. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like to build that portfolio and just have it you know, work for you as an asset. And, and as you continue to grow it and expand it, like you just, you kind of fuel, fuel that funnel. And these especially are very evergreen. You know, they're not, uh, you know, very, you know, timely stories. Like they can continue to sell for, for years and years. 
Weren't you going after like libraries or school districts or something to to uh, like move bulk <laughs> like bulk boxes? Bulk orders on, on that end. I see. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I've sold I've sold uh, a few bulk orders to uh, library purchasing uh, companies. They they purchase books in bulk and redistribute them to libraries. And I'm not exactly sure of that that model, but that's that's the basics of it anyway. Okay. Um. And uh, they've they've been interested in in my books. And also found some colleges that teach teachers how to teach. And they. Sounds very meta. (laughs) Right, right. They've been using my books in their classes. Wow. How do you, now, how did you originally get hooked up with them? Did they seek you out or did you say, I'm going to find a library distributor company? Yeah, they actually found me because I had no idea that, that there were people out there like <laughs> such, such a thing exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they found me and they reached out and uh, I said, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where do I sign? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I've, I just started using the uh, Duolingo app and oh, yeah. like, I've been pretty impressed with that. And so I was like, man, you know, this is like Duolingo for, <laughs> for very young kids. They can flip through Bosley instead and, and learn their, learn their language that way. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for, for joining me. If people want to learn more about you, more about this stuff, what should they, uh, where should they go? I have a website, authortim.com. Of course, the language bear is where the, the books are stationed, but um, if you want to learn more about me and what I do, uh, authortim.com is a good place to do that. I do have some other titles out there besides the Bosley series. I've you dabbled know, in some, some nonfiction and other, other fiction books. Uh, so those are all listed there. You can get some information on all that stuff. And uh, I've got a couple Udemy courses that will help people if, if they're interested in, in uh, self-publishing children's books as well. The Soup to Nuts Guide on How to Become a Children's Author. Right. That's right. And that's linked up from authortim.com? Authortim.com, yeah. And actually, if um, if you want to throw in a, a coupon code for, for your uh, listeners, I will... I would be happy to make that course free for a week after you publish this show. Wow. Thank uh, you. For, for anyone who's interested, uh, you can use uh, SHN gift as the, as the coupon code there. Okay. Well, we will get that. We will get that set up. We'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. Cause I'm happy to help people out. And I love, uh, I love talking to, to people who are interested in publishing children's books. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Tim, thanks so much. Everybody check him out. Authortim.com. Be sure to grab the, uh, the free Udemy course, if you're listening to this uh, in near real time after it's released, and we'll link all that stuff up in the show notes. Oh, we, I forgot, we got to wrap it up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. I'm like being a bad host here. <laughs> <laughs> number one tip for side hustle nation. We've been talking about value definition, and, and I've got to send that one home because that's where it's all at. No matter uh, what your your launch strategy is, no matter what your your sales channels are or what your platform is define the value and make it obvious to your customer. Oh my gosh. I look at so many like startup websites and I'm like somebody, somebody sends me a link. Oh, you got to check these guys out. And I'm, I have no idea what this company does. Like it's a, (laughs) it's a beautifully designed site, but they are not making their value uh, obvious to me. So I think that's a really good one. So (laughs) thanks so much, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And if you're interested in children's publishing, be sure to take Tim up on his limited time free Udemy course offer, which I will link to in the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash 121. Now, while you're there, be sure to grab the uh, the free PDF highlight reel from this call with all of Tim's tips, plus his five-step product launch framework. 
We got a couple iTunes shouts for the month of May. Uh, I have five stars from Robert Williger, Williger, um, Diane DM, and Dacia A. Thank you guys so much for those reviews. Love to uh, log in and see those. Every time I'm uh, browsing through iTunes, I am addicted to uh, going over there and checking them out. If you have not left a review for the show yet and would like to do so, sidehustlenation.com slash iTunes. We'll get you there. And actually got a one-star review from uh, from Chevy eight six six three. First first one-star review in the in the two-year history of the show. I know it's bound uh, to happen sooner or later, uh, but this is not so much of a review. It just asks if I sell my email list to third parties, and uh, the answer to that is no. Of course not. Absolutely not. But it begs the question: If you do see something suspicious coming into your inbox. Uh, definitely, definitely let me know. Uh, that's that's not cool. Um, it's Nick at SideHustleNation.com, and I will pass that info uh, along right away to Aweber, my email service provider. Um, so thank you guys for the reviews. Uh, keep them coming. Love that stuff. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 